We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, neither one of us are quite at 100% right now. We're, we're just barely hanging in there. This is my first show back since losing my voice Friday night. So you guys can probably hear it. But you know what? We're, we're hanging in there. We're going to find a way to power through. Yeah, mine is rapidly cutting in and out. It's the nature of this time of year. We've got a lot of playoff games, and both of us have been making the rounds, such as life when your team team is still uh, still playing. So that's uh, part of it. You know, everybody wants uh, someone to come on and talk about mm-hmm. you know the teams you cover and all that stuff. But but we're gonna stay uh, probably largely away from those two teams and get into uh, some other news and notes around the NBA and uh, bring it to you guys. Probably a little bit of a shorter show today, just trying to cover um you know thankfully i love the sound of my own voice so you you can (laughs) let me do most of the talking well i certainly do uh, appreciate that um (laughs) so let's let's start here villain brooks out in memphis according to shams tarania he's been told by the grizzlies they will not bring him back under any circumstances that that's the kind of like strong statement that we rarely hear. Usually it's, you know, we're going to evaluate and figure out what's best, best for both sides that it's not that kind of like hard line. Nope. No question. We're done. How did we get to this point? Is this just the, the, just the accumulation of all the stuff that's happened with Dylan Brooks? Is it his basketball fit? What, what are you thinking here, Keith? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the accumulation part of it. I think, the Grizzlies, we know they were looking for an upgrade on the wing uh, at the trade deadline. They were mentioned to have made major offers for both OG and Anobi and Mikael Bridges and were turned down uh, by uh, the Raptors and the Nets, respectively. So I think that is a uh, you know indicator that they were willing to upgrade to that spot. And likely Dylan Brooks would have been a part of those trade packages just for the salary matching component, if for no other reason. But then all of his nonsense throughout these playoffs over the course of the years, it's one thing I don't mind at all when players yap and talk trash, but then you either back it up with your play on the court or you own it afterwards if you don't back it up on the court. And Dylan Brooks did neither, right? Didn't back it up and then didn't own it. Ran from his media obligations. It was yeah. ridic- it's ridiculous. I mean, le- left the locker room before the media could even get in. Like yeah. literally ran, ran away from those and then got yeah. fined for it. $25,000. Yeah. And for all those people saying you shouldn't have to talk to the media, that's part of the CBA. Part of the job. It's it's part of the job, but it's also part of the NBA CBA is that players will do media obligations, especially post game and uh, in the postseason. And he just 
didn't. So, you know, so I have no problem with the fine and I have no problem with the people who are trashing him today. Cause this is, this is very much the bully on the playground gets punched in the nose and runs away crying, right? Like he tried to be the bully. He got punched in the nose and then he ran away crying. So now flipping it back to the Grizzlies and to basketball, very obvious they are content to make him the scapegoat. Uh, mm-hmm. Why would they want to do that? Well, it takes pressure off everybody else yeah. who's still on the roster. It takes pressure off uh, John Morant, who is the team's franchise player, who also did not have a great playoffs and didn't have a very good uh, end to his regular season either uh, with his own off-the-court issues. Now, John Morant stood up there and said, like, I need to be better. Like, and I caused some of these off-court issues and, you know, we need to be better about this. And it all starts with me. So credit to him. We'll see if he is better going forward. We all hope he will be. And at least he recognizes it. It is extremely strongly stated here, though, with the idea of, like, we're done under no circumstances. My guess is just the way this statement is phrased, this came through, um, Dylan Brooks's side of things, whether it's his agent or a manager or just someone close to him. Cause I don't think the team is putting it out quite sure. like this. I think the team would rather do what you said is, you know, we're going to evaluate all options. And Zach Kleiman, uh, who basically runs basketball operations for the Grizzlies, even said himself uh, when asked at exit interviews, like I'll talk about Dylan Brooks another day, which yeah. that was the point where I was like, well, Dylan Brooks is done in Memphis. Mm-hmm. There's no way that happens moving forward. I, I still think the best plan of action here is try to do a sign and trade because otherwise you just lose the salary slot completely. So you know, if you can do a sign and trade where you can move him, uh, no, Dylan Brooks does not have uh, uh, all that much value on his own. So the real get would be Brooks gets, let's just say, 15 million in salary plus some other players plus some draft picks. And now all of a sudden you've got yourself a $20 million player coming in. And that puts you in range for some of the guys we talked about. If you offered enough for all those guys, then the other team would be acquiring Brooks as the salary match, but really it'd be about the draft picks and maybe, you know, other young players if they're interested. Why would Brooks do it? Because the people have I said this on Twitter and people are like, why would he ever help the Grizzlies? Because that's the way he can make the most money. Cause he's looking at probably mm. a chunk of someone's mid-level exception. Uh, this coming year and that's that's it so it's uh you know if he wants to get more money uh than the mle this is the only way it'll happen uh and he may be willing to say hey i don't really care because i'm not really going to be with the grizzlies so give me more money and i'm off and i'm moving on we've seen things like that happen with regularity around the league but i think part of this is a, a conscious effort on the side of the grizzlies to rehab their image a little bit right i mean this is this is the team that was known for grit and grind. This is the team that was known for blue collar, hard work, just get out there and and you're going to get into teams. And they still kind of have that element, but now you've added all of this trash talk. And I don't yeah. think that sits well with fans in general. I mean, this was Keith, this, this surprised me, even knowing that the Grizzlies are a team that likes to talk like neutral fans, fans who you know don't have like a deep rooted hatred for the Lakers or don't, you know, don't have like a rooting interest really. We're pulling for the Lakers in this series because the because of the way the perception is around the Grizzlies because of all they're talking that they're doing. Like you got to be really getting under people's skin and really annoying fans if you're going to get to that point where it's the Lakers and you're not being 
and, and you're not being the team that's that everybody's rooting for that's not a, a Lakers fan, right? Typically, it's the Lakers versus about anybody. Anybody who's a neutral fan is pulling for the other team because we just naturally, we root for the underdog. That was not the case here. And I don't think that sits well with Grizzlies' ownership. I'm sure that doesn't sit well with, with their fans. And so this is going to be a step towards, and John Morant talked about this a little bit, but a step towards getting away from all of the talking and getting that sort of persona exercised from from the locker room. And Dylan Brooks is kind of the head of the snake when it comes to all that kind of stuff. So now it's going to be more about letting your play on the court do the talking for you and not getting so distracted or not being such a distraction with the stuff that you're saying in the media. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that. I think the um, other piece to it as we get into this is you um, – kind of do your thing there's a fine line between respect and being intimidated Mm -hmm. by or just you know overly respecting an opponent but just to act the way they acted towards lebron james and i'm not saying they needed all come bow down no kiss the ring before the games go in and like hey i feel good about my chances against lebron Mm -hmm. but you don't need to be the jerk about it the way he was before the games like there's just there's no need of that and that's not even the whole you know like I said, when that happened, like, man, I don't think you really want to talk that much trash to LeBron. Even taking that part out of it, there's just no reason for it. Like, There's, yeah. there's literally nothing to be gained because there's no way LeBron woke up and was like, damn, man, I guess Dylan Brooks is right. I am old and I'm no good anymore. Like that was never going to happen. Like that's not going to happen 10 or 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if he talks trash to him like that, he's still going to be like, all right, check ball. Let's go. I'll show you. Like it just is, you know, it was just one of those things where I'm like, man, this is just, I don't know. So I am, uh, you know, of the mindset of that was problem number one. And then it just, every single player, I don't care who you are has a tolerance for nonsense level compared to your role in production on the team, compared to your salary. It's like a tripod. If any one of those three legs gets far too far out of balance, the whole thing falls over. So what happens is you really get to a point where, hey, your production on court is not outweighing where this is. You happen to be a free agent and go. I've seen people say Dylan Brooks is going to be lucky to get the minimum or he may be playing in China. That's all going way too far. Mm-hmm. When you can defend the way he can and you can score, even as inefficiently as he does, you're going to have a role on a team in the NBA. Someone is going to get him. And NBA teams, if I've learned nothing else over the years, are supremely egotistical in the mindset of, well, he won't do that here. We'll, we'll be the ones to make him see the light and make him go the right direction and all those things. Half the time it doesn't work out. You know, a quarter of the time it doesn't really matter there's no impact and probably about a quarter of the time it does work out and it's fine so i think when someone else gives dylan brooks a chance mm-hmm. here and then we'll see where it goes but i mean this is just you know this is a mess of his own making maybe it's a mess of the grizzlies own making for putting up for it for a couple years the other last thing i'll say too is this sometimes happens with young teams on the way up um there'll be two things is one team wide i've never seen public perception flip on a team quicker yeah. than it did on this team. Right? Yeah. A year ago, everybody loved these guys. Then they kind of went into that Warriors playoff series and acted like a bunch of jerks and then cried about all this other stuff. And people were kind of, eh, I'm not so sure. And then this year started and people were like, uh, all right, I don't know. They're talking a lot. And then by what halfway through the season, people were out. 
like on this team. And then everything from there, they did just push people further out. Then the other thing I'll say is with a guy like Dylan Brooks, he stepped up when that team was kind of in a rebuild moment, right? They were kind of building back after uh, uh, Gasol had moved on and Uh Randolph had moved on and Conley was probably getting close to moving on. Dylan Brooks became, you know, probably a very loud voice in that locker room. And that was part of what helped get that team to where they are. But then the challenge is those guys can't always then step back and take less of the spotlight when it's clear. All right. This team's leaders need to be John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jared Jackson Jr. He still wants to be the loud voice in the locker room. And it's like, dude, you score, you know, 12 points per game on crappy shooting efficiency, you know, decent defense like no one wants to hear it from you so that's the other problem why you got to move on as well yeah i mean look i said it a bunch of times during the series the lakers best defense was dylan brooks offense they left him wide open all series and dared him to shoot and that was i mean that was a big part of the reason why the grizzlies won game five was they pulled dylan brooks and they put in in luke Kennard, who can shoot the hell out of the ball so um this is i think it's a step forward on the basketball court assuming that you can replace him Finding a wing is not easy in today's NBA. The Grizzlies will have assets to go do it, though. But finding one isn't necessarily easy. But that said, I, I think this can be a step forward on the floor and then a step forward in terms of the culture of the team or a step back into what it should be, really. I mean, it, what it was just over a year ago when I was praising the Grizzlies like crazy because of that promotion <laughs> they did with John Morant jersey. It was so yeah. awesome. They had that. Yep. The fan was in the in the crowd wearing a Steph Curry jersey and Jaw kind of glared at him or whatever, like and just said, look, you know, I want to see fans wearing my jersey cheering for me and all that. And the Grizzlies turned it into such amazing marketing opportunity, saying, hey, turn in a jersey of any other team and we'll give you a John Morant jersey for free. They're going to capture fans at a young age and make them Grizzlies fans for life. But you're not going to get fans behind a team that acts like this. And so I think that, you know, just to kind of put a ribbon on this, this is the right move on and off the court. For the Grizzlies, I'm just surprised that it came out so publicly and so definitively. Yeah, and you almost wondered, did it need to, right? Yeah. Like this, that's why I also think this is from the Dylan Brooks camp of hey, we're gonna fire one last shot at the Grizzlies this way. Cause it just the Grizzlies, I think, are like, Hey, I think everybody knows we're moving on, so let's mm-hmm. just move on. Uh, but you know, they for whatever reason wanted it out there, and you know, there it is. Now it's out there for the world to see. All right, let's move on to Dallas. The Mavericks are not expected to re-sign Christian Wood. Um, Keith, what, like, I've long been a fan of Christian Wood, but I'm starting to wonder, you know, as much as I've talked about, like Lakers fans have been talking about Mo Bamba a ton recently, um, and we've, we've said, look, the idea of Mo Bamba has always been better than the actuality of, of Mo Bamba. Are we entering that territory with Christian Wood? Because I see a big man that's so multifaceted on the offensive end of the floor but if the Mavs are now moving on here like there's obviously some other stuff going going on here so what's what's happening here is this the correct move for Dallas and then what does this mean for uh, Christian Wood's future yeah this was in many ways if we look at Christian Wood's uh numbers one of the best seasons he's had since he became a full-time regular player right so that's that's a bit of a oddity right this is a guy who is he's in his late 20s now so he'll be let me make sure i get this right yeah he'll be 28 right before the start of next season mm-hmm. so 
not too old, right? To to give a four year contract to, you'd feel fine with that. You know, they it's going to cover him into his early thirties. The problem is his defense isn't very good. He needs to be in a uh, definitely in a certain defensive system where he's asked to do very little, and um, his team can cover for him. Um, you know, in certain ways, and then offensively, he's a guy who needs the ball quite a bit to be effective. I think he's also somebody who, if he's not getting touches, you're not going to get him on the boards. He's not going to get give you much on defense. Like he just needs to be actively engaged. So, I'm not surprised Dallas is kind of sending signals of, "Hey, we're going to move on here," just because I think Dallas is going to do quite a bit to remake the roster around Luca and probably Kyrie as much as they can to try to get the right fitting pieces around those two guys. And that includes you. Then you have to have better defenders in the front court to cover for them both. Um, and that is not Christian Wood, but someone else is going to give him a chance. It's probably yep. going to be like an MLE type deal. Probably be shorter is my guess. It'll probably be a one or two year deal. Um, or one of those ones where it's like a one year deal with a team option or the two year deal with non-guaranteed money or something like that. But yeah, it's um, definitely one of those ones where I don't think the way this season started for Christian Wood, which was excellent and the Mavs were playing well, certainly didn't finish anywhere where he wanted it to be because now it's like looking like struggle city to get this guy, the giant contract he was hoping for. Yeah. I mean, almost 17 points per game, seven boards, 1.1 blocks, 51, 52% from the field. If we round up shoots the three 38% from deep, like that's, those are, you know, if, if you squint, that's the kind of big you want to have on the floor with Luca, right? A guy yeah. who can put the ball in the basket, a guy who can stretch the floor for you, can block a few shots, do a few things on the boards, but it just wasn't really working there. So I do think he's going to get another opportunity in the Western Conference or in the in the NBA. Like we're going to see him get picked up somewhere on a solid yeah. deal. But like you said, it'll be it'll be a short term deal. But the dude is six ten with a seven three wingspan can shoot the three like somebody is especially at 28 it's just to me there's got to be some some red flags some big red flags if a team like Dallas that needs talent that needs pieces around Luca so badly that needs pieces that can just just do things at an NBA level right just surround Luca with guys with legit NBA players and you're moving on from a guy who put who can put up these numbers, that tells you a lot about all of the other stuff beyond just what you see on the on the box score. Yeah, and a guy you gave up a first round pick to a yeah. flyer, uh, too. That that's not always great. So yeah, I think we're in a position here where um, if you're Dallas, I, I'm not going to suggest there's anything nefarious off the court going no, on. No, and it's just this doesn't fit. You know, maybe it's not a fit in the locker room either. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like. Hey, if you were content to be a bench big that plays 25 minutes a game, like we'd be happy to have you back. But you want to start, you want this, you want that. It's just not a fit with where we're going as a roster. So we're going to move on in a different direction. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I'd love to see him land with a, the right kind of team that's more set up to win mm -hmm. right away. That has a bunch of veterans that can kind of say, here's what we need, right? We, not that was Dallas because that was a trade. I remember we both were like, this is a good trade. We yeah. like this trade. This is you know, a good get for the Mavs. And it just kind of all went sideways on them from there. So, yeah, I, I am, uh, you know, disappointed that it didn't work out. And, you know, I'm going to remain uh, skeptical because now this is kind of 
three. Well, I'm not going to say three because everything was fine in Detroit. He just moved on for more money and a better opportunity. Um, but it didn't really end well in Houston. Didn't end great uh, with, with the Mavs. So I am a little, you know, all right, this is, we're kind of getting down towards like, if it doesn't work in the next spot and it, and it looks like a great spot, it's, it's on you. Like then it's, it's not on anybody else. And- we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Keith, you know what? You know what? This is this is random. This is a blast from the past. But Christian Wood, his best role to me would be that guy who primarily comes off the bench and can do a lot of work there, can space the floor a bit, but in a pinch can be a starter for you if you need to. And I want to go all the way back 23 years. Oh, man. Yeah. Danielle Marshall. Oh wow! With back with back in his jazz days, if he had that kind of a role with somebody, and maybe even a little bit lower on the minutes, but for somebody that was a player that always stood out to me. He was one of the first of the new wave of kind of not necessarily three and D, but the the fours that could really shoot from outside. If he could fit into into that type of a role somewhere, where he can kind of be that jack of all trades type of player, and I don't know if he if he can get there. But look, I mean. Daniel Marshall played until 35. Like he could have a really good long career if he can just fit into that type of a role somewhere and really buy in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not, not a bad one at all. I think um, like there's also maybe if he can figure it out and get it figured out soon, he could have like a, like what Robert Ory was at the Mm -hmm. end of his career, right. Where he, he just kind of, you know, probably more productive on the offensive end, obviously, but just be a guy who you know, does a lot of good things for a team off the bench. Late career, Al Jefferson is a guy too that I thought yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Like who was just kind of, you know, you put him on the block and he was just going to get you, you know, he wasn't going to play a lot of defense, wasn't going to do a lot in the opening group, but throw him on the block and he's mm-hmm. going to get you 10, 15 points a night easy enough, get you some rebounds, block a shot or two and call, call it a night. But yeah, I'm a little worried this one is going to go the way it's gone for Boogie Cousins over the last mm. few years where it just kind of never clicks. There's always something. And then next thing you know, it's just kind of over. I hope, hope not. Yeah. Hope I hope not too. That's not the way it goes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about miles bridges expected to be back with the Hornets. Um, not a surprise here. Is he still, he's still restricted. hasn't signed a new deal. Right. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yep. Correct. So, so still a restricted free agent. So, and I, I can't see anybody sending out a big offer and really like testing the Hornets to see if they're going to match or anything like that, given all of the other stuff. 
with with Miles Bridges. So he'll come back. And then what's his suspension? It's twenty games to start the this next season, or is it? It was ten uh, and twenty. Yeah, this season. it's it's ten. Ten uh, and twenty. He got thirty with twenty already assumed served, which I don't even That's know right. why they they. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird the way they did it. But but yeah, so it's going to be ten games. So whoever signs him, Hornets or otherwise, you won't see. You'll see him all the way through the preseason because those don't count. Mm-hmm. Then he'll go away for ten games, and then he'll come back. Uh, into the lineup after that. What did, I don't know if we ever talked about it. What did you think about the NBA's rationale that they basically told him, told Miles Bridges that, hey, you're not going to be playing this season. So that's why it was counted like it, like as though he was suspended for this year. What it, That was kind of the gist of it. What did you think of that whole rationale for why? Because some people were upset that he only got suspended for like 10 games in the next season. I don't hate that part of it because he did already miss a year. But why weren't we just told this? Why was this just kind of casually dropped into an interview that was done about, you know, where it seemed like that was like, oh, hey, by the way, what about Miles Bridges? And it was just kind of dropped out there of, hey, this is what it's going to be. And this was our assumption that that part I don't like and don't understand. Like, just tell us. Right. Tell us like, hey, this is a, um, you know, he's already. In effect, he where like like when it came up last was it last year was right before Christmas when it seemed like the hey the Hornets may sign Miles Bridges. Well, if the answer was really like that's not allowed and the NBA wasn't going to allow him to play, I guess they still could have signed him. But why was it not then? The NBA could have just right then said Hornets can sign him, but he will not play this season. Mm-hmm. Like then we all would have been like okay, like I get it right, right? and that. Seems like a fair punishment given everything that went down. But yeah, now it just feels like a little like, uh, like okay, or which makes me wonder like, was this just, was this not really what happened? And it's like, hey, retroactively, like, what, like, I know this sounds awful to think this, but right, I've worked for a giant multi billion dollar company before and seen like the, oh crap, we need to, you know, decision making that goes on. I wonder if somebody was like, Oh, shoot, we forgot about Miles Bridges. What are we doing about that situation? Oh, yeah, well, I missed a whole year. Let's just call it a 10 game mm. with 20 games, you know, 30 games, 10 games left, 20 games already served, you know, whatever. You know, it's it's weird because it feels like one of those, um, you know, prison sentences where it was like you served X amount, but concurrently and all this stuff that like nobody really understands why it's like they got 80 years in prison, but then they're out like. In you know, six years in, and yeah. it's like, I don't understand, you know, because of credit for time served. And it's like, oh, okay, sure, I guess. But it's, um, yeah, man, weird. I just don't just own it right from the jump. Like, you should have just said this months and months ago when everybody would be like, okay. And then everybody would be like, all right, I get it. Put him out of sight, out of mind. We'll talk about it in the summertime when, you know, maybe he comes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's, Probably the way this should have have gone, we should have heard earlier because it does seem like it could be a little bit after the fact, you know, coming into play here. Like, hey, we're going to make this sound better. But that said, you know, he, he was out for an entire year. Yeah, we'll see, and we'll see what happens here. You know what? Like, hopefully, he's able to turn things around and um, and make things better. I would expect he's going to get. He's not going to get a warm reception a lot no. of places next season. Like that's yeah. that's just that's going to be a fact. Um, I don't even know if he's going to get one in Charlotte at least initially, no. right? No. It'll be probably their first handful of home games. He's going to yep. hear it a little bit, and then then we'll. I mean, we know how this goes in sports. If you you know, score enough points and uh, you know mm-hmm. do enough to help your team, 
play well, you're you know, you're going to find your way back into the fans' good graces one way or another. I mean, we, we've seen it, you know, countless examples of it. So, yeah, and, and it's this is very hard because, I mean, I don't want to take the whole show down this direction, especially sure. not today when we're struggling. But I'm a big believer in second chances for people. That said, there are certain things where see, you got to do a lot to earn that second chance when you blew it the first time around. And I'm just not. I don't know exactly how I feel about this one. I'm so very, very conflicted because he did, he did not play for an entire year and all those things there. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where, where I feel on this, keeping it about basketball. If we go back to that side of it, it's very clear. Um, The Hornets, you know, re-signing him is probably his best path forward. Hornets are very likely to get a much friendlier team. Uh, contra- team friendly contract, and then we're going to get otherwise. They resigned him, um, you know. So there's that part of it too. And if he can come back and be the guy he was basketball wise, um, you know, lat- or two seasons ago now, I guess he could be pretty good, right? Yeah. He, he was he was really having a really nice year. He's going to get a very nice uh, contract in free agency from someone, probably the Hornets, but from someone. He was a really good partner for uh, you know uh, uh, Lamelo Ball too. So. I uh, yeah we'll we'll see you know how this goes but you know where there's a lot of questions you know going on around that Hornets organization and I'm not sure how they're going to answer most of them. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. Of course, what happens in the draft lottery could have a lot yeah. to say about that. I'm gonna write up, man. Eleven days out, it's coming. It's yeah. coming before we before we know it. Somebody's future is going to change. Somebody's going to get Wembenyama and. We're going to start making projections about who else they're going to add and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it's going oh, to not even two weeks out, or 14 days out. Sorry. 14, okay. 14 days. Still, two, it's going to fly. From today. No, it's it's going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it always does. And then the mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's like, holy cow, it's the draft lottery. Oh my gosh, it's the draft. Oh, it's the off season. Oh, it's summer league. And then it's like, wow, it's next season again. Like it just, it doesn't stop. You know, they've, they've, the NBA's done a really good job of becoming a 12 uh, month a year league instead of a <laughs> you know, seven, eight month a year league. My my poor wife trying to plan a vacation. She's like, "Okay, when are you not busy?" I'm like, <laughs> "I don't." Yeah. Maybe, it's maybe September, maybe a little bit of August. You never know. Yeah, that's in. I mean, this is super first world complaint problems here. For but like sure. for us, it's like reality. You don't feel comfortable doing anything really till the end of summer league because that's almost kind of like mm-hmm. all right, things have calmed down. But by the time that happens in the middle of July, that leaves you know for us like a. Sh- pretty short window because our daughter goes back to school you know beginning to middle of august i yeah. think like next year it's like the ninth or 10th of august or something so it is like all right so we got two weeks in the middle of the hottest time of year when everybody's on break like where do we want to go and then that turns into how about nowhere maybe the movies <laughs> once in a while so yeah it's uh we'll be you know, but i mean those those are complaints that are yes you know, no one cares about no <laughs> so, we are yeah. In the grand we, scheme of things, we are better. beyond blessed to get to yes, do what, what we correct. do for sure. For sure. Correct. Um, all right. I'm going to go rest my um, Tom Thibodeau gravel voice here. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody for, for joining us. Oh, hey, let's one last question. Oh, yeah. What's your on the record pick? Lakers Warriors. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go with what I said uh, previous series. I'm going to say Lakers in six. I don't like having to go seven in game in game seven. Like, I think it's going to be a crazy close series. Um, and I under I think the Lakers are an underdog dog for the reason for a reason, but I'm not picking against my team, so I'm gonna go Lakers in in six. There you go. I'm going Warriors in seven. I just think uh, 
Yeah, I think this is going to be a battle. And yeah. this is a treat, right? As a neutral fan, like, this is great. Like, I, I'm super excited. You know, it's who knows if we're ever going to get Steph and LeBron again. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I'm going to take it while they're still, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, very, very meaningful, good players. So, I'm super excited. For sure. For sure. Yep. All right. Go yeah. rest, my friend. I shall. I shall. Same to you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.